at the Gartner Symposium IT Expo in Orlando, Florida. This is podtech.net. Verizon Business announced today a new IT help desk, 4,500 people strong, providing feet on the street throughout North America to solve thorny IT issues from the network to the mobile worker. Chris Gazelle is Director of Product Marketing for IT Solutions with Verizon Business. Although this isn't the most sexy topic out there for discussion, as I travel around the country and speak to IT leaders out there, it is still probably one of the most important issues that they bring up when I'm speaking to them. And I found that nothing defines their customer experience with their outsourcer or their provider better than what the change management happens on a day in and day out basis. And as we start seeing the, the topics of conversation start materializing that are happening in this conference, the things like virtualization, things like the adoption of SaaS and Web 2.0, it's only going to amplify the challenges that, we, that you face in managing change with your providers and ultimately aligning that provider to manage your change effectively so that you can operate your business and achieve your business outcomes that you're looking to do. So what are some of the challenges that we find our IT leaders facing today? You know, number one is keeping pace on that technology treadmill is continuously a problem for the IT leaders out there today. There's a lot of phenomenon happening that are causing this. First and foremost, it's the heterogeneous environments that we see our customers having to manage too. If you look out there across the industry, customers are managing anywhere from 2.6 to 3 operating systems on average. These environments have to be managed patched, maintained, kept current, version control across these gigantic heterogeneous environments, not just by specific applications, but in many instances there's heterogeneous environments serving up one kind of piece of content. Secondly, as these web-based systems become mission critical to companies, and when I say mission critical, I define that, these web, define that by these web-based systems that are creating differentiation for our customers, right? And either how they take a product to market, or it's how they define their brand and their brand presence nowadays in the marketplace. They are continuously doing code pushes, content updates with a greater frequency than they ever did in the past. Because of utmost importance is to keep those sites fresh and not allow that content to become stale. Also, the vendors are continuously compressing the end of life and end support of their technologies, right? They continuously put out newer versions of hardware, newer versions of software, newer OSs, and that's causing people to continuously maintain the infrastructure necessary to run these systems. Two, it's managing the, the uh, more change with the increasingly scarce resources that you guys have. Although that the change is increasing, the heterogeneous environments are continuously to grow, you're asking to be do more with less. And we're seeing more focus put on putting out the change quickly with increasingly less focus put on the rollback plans in place if the change goes poorly, right? When people look to their service provider, they're really looking for us to provide them the operational disciplines that they may be lacking on both on how they execute the change, how they verify that change, and then ultimately how they roll it back if that change goes poorly. So when we look across all the drivers of downtime for our customers, by far and large, it has change gone bad. Right? Hardware doesn't fail as frequently as it used to. Infrastructure, the core data centers of themselves don't fail nearly as much as they used to. And the primary driver is the change. You know? At 9.01, someone made a change, and lo and behold, by 9.02, there was an event. And that is clearly the number one driver of downtime that we're seeing out there in the marketplace today. So what do the environments look like that our customers are managing to and looking to providers like a Verizon business to manage on their behalf? Number one, they are, they are ecosystems that are interconnected throughout, 
throughout that ecosystem, all the way from the database layer, the presentation layer, the application layers, and the infrastructure layer. And change is dynamic across all these layers today. We're seeing changes like load balancers, moving servers in and out of load balancer rotation, things like firewall rule set changes, the constant stream of patches coming out of the software vendors, constant release and content pushes and code updates. So across this entire ecosystem, change is dynamic and fluid and is causing lots of challenges for the IT departments because you have to have the skill sets and the tools not just to manage change at one layer in this ecosystem but through the entire stack. And one change gone bad anywhere throughout the stack can cascade through the entire environment and cause downtime, right? And downtime more and more today is, equi is equated to actual revenue lost or productivity lost for our organizations. When customers look at what is defining that customer experience, very few of them are saying it's the uptime and availability is defining whether or not I had a good experience with my outsourcer. How they're defining it is what's that day in and day out interaction, and that's primarily defined on how well we're managing that change, right? Nothing frustrates a customer more when their outsource provider doesn't understand their business and doesn't understand the criticality of a change that they need to be executed against and do it in that timely fashion. So as I go through the presentation, we're going to talk about a few topics. One, the frameworks out there in the marketplace today. Two, what is the change paradigm for customers and how providers work within those frameworks to execute against those paradigms? What are things you should be looking for in your provider to see if they can successfully execute against that? And I'll talk a little bit about how we've faced these challenges and provided solutions for our customers at Verizon Business. So what's the framework quandary? There's tons of frameworks out there today in the marketplace, and undoubtedly there is a need for frameworks. And frameworks provide us best practices and models for us to develop our processes against. But frankly, of all the frameworks out there, I don't know that one is any better than the other really, right? It's important that a provider adopt the framework and have a methodology to, to work against, but ultimately, it's not the framework that makes them successful, it's the communication that they have with the customer, it's the, the personnel that they have executing these changes on behalf of the customer, and it's the company culture of a customer-centric approach. So there's a few things that you can do when you're out there evaluating your partner to see if they're going to rise to these three things that's ultimately going to make them successful in managing that change on your behalf. First and foremost, the biggest one is communication. Your provider has to understand your business, has to understand the criticality of the changes that you need done and act appropriately. And communication is a bi-directional thing, right? There's onus on you as the IT leader to communicate with your organization how important it is for you to communicate with your vendors. The vendors have to ask you the questions and be concerned if vendors aren't asking you questions about your business, about these applications and the criticality to your business. Two, they have to have the skilled personnel, right? And the way you can judge the skilled personnel is not just by the technical certifications that they hold, although that's very, very important, right? Anyone that's going to be touching any of your mission-critical infrastructure applications, you want to ensure that they have some level of technology certifications. But just as important is have they gone through any of the process certifications and foundational trainings in the process framework which they act against. Number three is what kind of mentoring and training do they have against their own internal processes before they ever allow that operator ever to touch one of your systems. Then when you look at the company culture, that's hard to measure and that's hard to define, but the best way you can do that is by looking for customer references. Get, get customer references that are going to have like systems like you, like industries like you, and understand how their experience has been, and do they have a company culture that is about understanding their customers' needs, about executing flawlessly for their customer, 
and reacting quickly and nimbly for them. One of the biggest frustration points I hear from customers with their vendors is when that, that vendor doesn't understand their business and doesn't act appropriately when they really needed them to. So what is the change paradigm? So th there's this concept that we, we know that change is prevalent, and we know it's dynamic across the entire technology stack, whether it be at the application layer, the infrastructure layer, or the server layer, and that we're doing changes constantly across this. And within the frameworks, many providers want to take that framework as the Bible. This is how we're going to do it, when ultimately a framework is just that. It's just the framework. You have to be able to work within that framework to meet the customer's needs. Now this is just an illustrative example of what a paradigm may be for you. I'm sure as IT leaders we all have a way and an equation of looking at what, how we're going to execute a change and how critical it is to our business. The mistake that many providers make is they come at it from a very rigid and unflexible approach. They want to say the change is going to take place in two days, we're going to do these tests and it's going to take us 36 hours to do that, then we're going to deploy the change and away we go. And the reality as an IT leader, you don't have that luxury. You have to be able to turn on the dime for the business. And oftentimes, you have to change that paradigm. Maybe everything is not in equilibrium. Maybe it's critical that you get that change out in six hours. It's a, the most important thing is the velocity of which you can deploy it. Maybe there's a huge financial impact if you can't deploy it, or there's a big financial impact if it, if it goes wrongly, and velocity is not the major issue. The thing that you need to look for is does your provider have a framework, and do they understand that you're going to have a paradigm to your change and understand what the criticality is to your business for the change that they're asking you to do and can they meet your expectations in doing that. Are they going to come back and say that is not our standard process, that is not our standard approach and it's going to take us 48 hours when you need it in two hours. And of course those paradigms can be different across the entire technology stack that they're managing for you. So what are the ways that the providers like to define change? I think it's important when you start looking at a provider and understanding the language that they speak in and understanding what are the different options that you have and does that map back to your business? Then what is your flexibility within those definitions and your ability to define change as it relates to your business, to criticality? So there's really two types of high levels of change that we look at. There's the customer-involved change and then there's the provider-exclusive ex exchange change. At the customer-involved change, that is maybe where you're leveraging your provider to do the infrastructure management, the server management for you, and you're still maintaining responsibility for your application. And you have a new release of your application coming out, and you need them to perform some kind of change at that infrastructure level. There's nothing more frustrating to a customer when they schedule a change, normally in the off-hour times, they allocate their internal resources, and potentially allocating the third-party contract resources that they have, and that vendor doesn't show up for that change at that time. Or they haven't done the things necessary ahead of time to enable them to perform that change. And within those changes, there's generally two types of change from, from the customer-involved change. It's the emergency change and the standard change. Right? Do you have the ability to deploy these two kinds of changes? Number one, the standard, you're typically going to see out there in the marketplace, that is a 48-hour lead time, here's what the execution plan is, here's the verification plan, and here hopefully is the rollback plan if this doesn't go well. But more importantly, when you're not given that kind of time and you need to make that mission-critical change to your infrastructure or your application, do you have the ability to put it into an emergency change category? And does your vendor have the ability to execute against that and deploy that as an emergency change? Now, when you look at things from an emergency versus a standard perspective, hopefully we're not saying, well, we're going to act differently. Right? We don't want to say that, well, this is an emergency change, so we're going to forego the verification and the rollback plans we're just going to deploy. No, that's not what we're saying the providers need to do. What the provider needs to be able to do within the framework that they've chosen 
and, and within the principles that they want to deploy of verification, execution, and rollback, be able to expedite the time and compress the times it takes them to execute against that. And how do they do that? Well, they do that by having the trained personnel on staff. They have that by being able to allocate resources appropriately. And they do that by having a company culture that puts the customer first and understanding that this is what we need to do, this is when we need to do it, and we have to execute against this flawlessly on behalf of the customer. Now down, as you get into the provider exclusive exchanges, there's once again the idea of the emergency versus the standard. But also in here, there's also the automated changes. And many times in changes provided that are done exclusively by the provider, it may involve you, you may be notified, you may not be notified. Now hopefully if your provider is doing any kind of change to your system, that they're going to notify you. They're going to give you notification of what that change is, when they're going to do that change, and they should also give you the option to opt out of those changes, right? Because many times, even if the provider maintains that infrastructure on behalf of your system, you don't know how that change could potentially impact your applications or impact the systems that you have, right? So you want to make sure that you have the ability to opt out. And, if you do, and also you want to have the ability, when that, when that change is done by the provider exclusively, that you can manage how that change is rolled out to your systems. You know, ideally, push it to the dev and staging first. And then from the dev and the staging environments, we're going to roll this to the production environment. Once again, it comes back to the communication lines that's bi-directional that you have with the vendor, right? They have to understand what your approaches are. They have to understand what is critical to your business and perform within that. They need frameworks that have the business processes and approaches to doing this, but they also have the ability to compress the time that they need in order to execute on your behalf. So when you start, once again, focusing back in on the provider exclusive changes, there are the concept of the emergency, the standard changes, the automation, automated changes. And then within those, providers like to also put things in, in, in severity codes, right? And the severity code's typically going to go out there from a scale of one to five for a customer, for, for a provider. And in the severity codes, they, there's usually an urgency level put with it, right? Critical, high, medium, low. And it's not necessarily important how many severity levels that, that a provider has or how they're categorizing those levels is that they have standards to understanding that we're going to have to react quickly for our customers, and they start setting expectations around what the different severity level changes are. And you should be walking into this and understanding, how does the provider do the change, and what should my expectations be for a critical SEV1 change? And a critical SEV1 change can be defined by the provider. This is an emergency patch. Everyone's at risk by not having this on their operating system. But just as importantly, you need to be able to categorize the changes that you're asking the provider to do on your behalf. Right? Maybe it's just simply changing a firewall rule set, which typically the provider would look at, hey, that's a low severity, that's a 48-hour turnaround. But maybe for you, all of a sudden, it's a criticality, it's a SEV1. Do you have the ability and the flexibility within that provider to change what the severity level of that change is and making sure that they execute against it, which is absolutely critical that you have flexibility to define the criticality of that change because only you can say how important it is to your business. So hopefully the provider is communicating with you. They give you a framework. We define the types of changes that we have, standard versus emergency. Within there, many of these are going to be automated, right, because we want to do that. We want to take out that human element for the automation. And then within this, we're going to have severity levels of the, of the provided changes by the provider. And we want to give, make sure that you have the flexibility to put that change into the category that you need to have it in. So what are things that you need to consider when you're looking at, when you're looking at your providers? Number one, get a clear understanding of what the change categories are. Make sure that you have an understanding of your ability to categorize something the way that you need it at a given snapshot in time. Understand the timelines for the different kinds of changes, right? There's nothing more frustrating that I found to our customer base out there that they had a mis-expectation. 
You know, they thought that the changes would happen within 24 hours, that there would never be a 48-hour change window. Making sure that you understand clearly what those, your expectations should be. Number three, and probably the most important thing, is make sure that your contract aligns to what you're trying to achieve, right? It should be a major red flag for anyone out there when they're negotiating the SLAs that if, if the provider has inflexibility in meeting your needs. The contract should be able to craft it in a way that the customers give, that the vendor's given you the guarantees that you're looking for. And that you should have some ability to help define the way that we're going to measure that and what those guarantees are going to be. Whether that is going to be by the number of successful changes, whether or not they're going to guarantee when the change is going to start, when the change is going to be completed. And then there should be a comprehensive credit program around if they didn't meet your expectations and perform against that SLA. So when you're evaluating your providers, a big part of the communication process is going to be in that contract area. But just as importantly, after you go into contract with that customer, the first 90 days of that relationship is going to be that dance where you're really figuring each other out. It's the most difficult part of the relationship, but ultimately I believe it's the most important part of that relationship. Because even though we're going to define what the frameworks are and we're going to define the criticality of the changes, we're going to give you flexibility of how to work within that framework, there's still we've got to figure out those communication paths. How are the support teams going to engage you? You know, what are the criticalities and processes internal for you when you need a change done? And making sure that we're all working towards the same goal on the same page and speaking in the same language. And really, as an IT leader too, you have to make sure your organization is on board and subscribes to where we're collectively all going with this. And this is really impactful for the people that are new to outsourcing, because often within an IT organization, for companies that are new to outsourcing, there can be contingencies within that organization that want to see that relationship fail, right? And as, as the IT leaders, we have to ensure that everyone understands where we're going, the vendor knows, and our organization knows, and we're all working towards the same common goals. So really understand that account team structure. That is, that is absolutely critical. I think as you look across all the vendors out there, anyone that's credible in this space, there's going to be lots of options for you. Anywhere from the, the shared pool resource kind of call into an 800 number to a single dedicated account manager supporting you, a shared account manager, all the way up to dedicated teams. Right? And what we're really finding is when it's really the most appropriate level for you is very much driven by the level of change that you're going to be doing. Right? The more change, the more dynamic that your systems are, generally the more teams that you're going to need supporting you, the more project management skills that you're going to be need supporting you, the more engineering skills that you're going to have, you're going to need to support you as well. So as later on as we kind of go through what the Verizon business portfolio looks like, we've built it in a modular way that can take us from entry level all the way up through the stack and determining what is the appropriate solution for our customers is very, very much determined by what is the level of change and the level of change support you're going to need from us. And what level of change discipline are you going to be looking for your vendor to put into your IT department? So what are some of the key capabilities that they have to have, right? Wherever possible, the provider should be looking to put automation into the processes, right? The human factor is, 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 the, is a, big, uh, uh, a big driver of error. So wherever possible, if it's a repeated task, if you're going to be doing it multiple times, we should try and automate those tasks on your behalf. The, the provider has to have the ability to accommodate both the standard and the emergency request. Just as important as... What kind of documentation does the provider maintain on your behalf, right? Are they maintaining runbooks? Are, are, they, are they documenting changes that they do for you so that when it comes time to repeat that change, that they don't have to go through the same process, we don't have to go through the same documentation process that we can execute flawlessly? Anyone that is not maintaining runbooks on behalf of their customers for managing mission-critical systems 
is putting themselves at great risk. Is there a change management database, right? That's just as important. We have, as I said, the primary driver of events and downtime is change. We want to know what change is going on with these systems, who's performing these changes, and was it done successfully? Once again, is the personnel, right? It's the technical certifications, it's, it's certifications in the process training, and then it's also what is the kind of culture they have. Are they a customer-centric, customer-first, execute for the customer culture, or are they, it's a rigid, an unflexible, it's our way or the highway kind of approach. Documented workflow too. Make sure that as a customer you know what the, the ticket uh, approval process is and the operational roles are defined for both you and for your vendor. Flexibility is always key. And then the last one, which we'll talk about in great detail, is the visibility. Not only do you need the communication from your account teams and your support structures, but they should also be providing you optics into what is happening on the backside. Optics into what the, the scheduled calendar looks like, optics into how successful is the change going, where are they in the process, and hopefully these metrics are reported in a near, near real-time way into the portal, right? Because one of the biggest challenges and concerns that IT organizations have when they begin to outsource, is that provider going to keep me as nimble as I need to be? Are they going to be able to do those changes when I need them done? But just importantly, is it going to go into a black hole where I'm not going to have any visibility in what they're doing on my behalf? So a big value of what those portals in conjunction with those support teams does is take away that black cloud and that gray area and presenting back to you near real-time statistics of what is actually being done on your behalf. What is happening in the tickets, what is happening to your business processes, where we are in the change calendar, and hopefully where we are in the process of executing that change on your behalf. Now there's many different approaches you can take to pricing this too. And as an IT leader, you have to decide what's going to be the most appropriate for your organization. And there's pros and cons to both of them. One approach is there's the unlimited change request. Normally, this is a fixed cost approach to the provider managing your infrastructure. Generally, you're going to see that these are going to be higher fixed costs, right? Because it's the law of averages. The customers that have a lot of change are going to make out, and the customers that have a less change are potentially going to lose, right? But you're averaging out, and you say that you're going to have a fixed cost approach. The next way to do it is by the defined number of hours for work. And then you do fixed cost and variable for overages. I'm going to get 50 hours of change work for my provider. And then any hour over the 50 hours, they're normally going to charge me some kind of variable at a, at a higher rate. And of course, the provider's trying to get you at the right point of where you need to be. This is good that if you know that it's not a super dynamic situation, you're not doing daily changes to your system, and maybe you're only doing the periodic changes. That's where you're going to find that this is going to be the best costing solution for you. Another way to do it is by the defined number of changes, right? Uh, I've seen providers out there in the marketplace that do it. You get 15 change requests per month, and it's all within their purview of responsibility. And the other, place, the other way to do it is a pure a la carte approach, right? It is a flat rate for the, for the provider to manage your applications or your infrastructure. Here's what you're going to get. Then any changes that you need done to this is going to be on a T&E basis at some T&E hourly rate. And maybe, once again, if you have a very static site, this really makes sense for you. Or if you're not going to need the provider to, to do any change on your behalf, maybe you have very, very strong change processes, very mature operational disciplines, and you don't need the provider to augment your IT staff. You just need them to provide you an available infrastructure and a secure environment and let your IT department manage all the applications and the changes within it. So at Verizon Business, what's the approach that we take and the offerings that we offer to our customers to leverage, to leverage our capabilities? And at the bottom, this is where we start out with our data center management services. 
This is really focused at the do-it-yourselfer IT shop. They need to leverage facilities from us, secure infrastructure from us, a world-class network, but they want to manage their systems entirely. They don't need any staff, um, any IT augmentation from us. They have very, very mature operational disciplines. They don't need any help in the change management. All they need is the infrastructure for us to do that. Very, very appropriate for a lot of our customers. The next one up the stack is our server management offering. This is where Verizon Business within one of our smart centers takes on the responsibility of managing all the hardware, the operating systems, and the infrastructure that run your IP applications. Whether they be public IP applications or whether they be private IP applications, it doesn't matter. It still is a client-server environment. We have the expertise there. This is for the customers that want to have us manage that technology treadmill for the patching of the OS, for the hardware upgrades, the version upgrades to the software. Take that off your plate but you still want to manage the application and all the change associated with the application. The next one up is the configuration management. This is where we start doing operational support for your applications, patching and version control to things like Oracle, SQL 7. We can start doing storage management here. We're going to do things like setting up your database tables. And then the highest level is the application management. This is a full outsource scenario. You give Verizon Business complete responsibility for your application and all change done to those production environments. We'll take on the responsibility of doing all content pushes, all call code changes, and we give our customers a business outcome SLA here. Now across this entire stack, you can have us manage just the infrastructure, the servers, the configurations, all the way up to the applications. And really what's the most appropriate for you is what level of change do you want us to manage for you? What kind of SLAs are you looking for? Either business outcome, transactional, or availability and what kind of operational disciplines do you have internal. We communicate every very clearly to our customers what can they expect in each one of these offerings, what our operational capabilities are, what our account teams are. We give you very powerful portals across all of these, and we give you a great deal of flexibility to define whether it's a standard emergency change and give you the ability to opt in and opt out when we're doing things. So what are the things that are the best practices? And I already went over this on the, on the last slide. So what are we doing from a portal perspective and what kind of optics are we giving our customers out there today? So we have a very, very powerful portal capabilities across the entire capability set. We present back to our customers the scheduling calendar so they can schedule things through the portal for changes that they need. They have the ability to expedite a, expedite a change from an emergency to a standard. When they go into that calendar, it's kind of hard to see. They can click on, let's say, that box that's the 13th for a change that's supposed to be going on. They can actually click onto that change and see where we are in that process. Are we in the execution stage, the verification stage, or, you know, heavens forbid, are we doing a rollback regression to that? Also in the portal, we're presenting all kinds of perfmon stats back to the customer, what's going on with their systems at an infrastructure layer and an application layer. And then we're also presenting back to our customers how we're performing against the SLAs. Right? What are the SLA metrics that we're measuring ourselves to? Um, or, and what are the business outcomes that we've defined that we're going to hit and make sure that we're hitting those? And you can open up any one of those SLAs and see how we're doing. As you can see, the top SLA would be in red. What, that is uh, a browser unavailable. You can, look on, you can click on that, and that'll jump you directly to the tickets that are open. You can see what we're doing to remediate those issues and also see how we're coming up against the SLA. If the SLA was a 99.5, it'll present back, hey, right now we're achieving at a 99. let's say, 2% to it. So in summary, poor execution of change clearly drives events today. It's not hardware failures, it's not infrastructure failures, it's poor change drives downtime, right? 901 there was a change, 902 there was an event. 
People look to their providers to offload the change management and drive those operational disciplines into their IT organizations. They're looking for us to take our frameworks, our methodologies, our trained operational staff, and our expertise to drive that operational disciplines back into your, your, your companies so that you don't have to deal with those issues. Frameworks are just guidelines, they're not the Bibles, that's all they are. You're best suited to define what a change is, don't let your provider tell you that's an emergency, that's a standard change. You have to have the ability to define how critical it is to your business and ensure that that provider can react appropriately to it. And the provider's ability to manage change on a daily basis will ultimately de determine what your customer satisfaction is. To us, that defines the customer satisfaction more than anything else out there, more than availability, uptime. It's how do we do daily for you, how quickly can we react to your needs, and how well do we execute against change. Chris Gazelle is Director of Product Marketing for IT Solutions with Verizon Business. At the Gartner Symposium IT Expo in Orlando, Florida, this is podtech.net.